How do I say goodbye to what we had? Welcome back to Two C's. I'm not even pausing, Matt, because it's it's a somber it's a somber podcast. Okay, well, that's why you pause, like a moment of silence, right? I know. Yeah, well, welcome back to Two C's. Pause here. <laughs> with a pod we had, we had to bring in big guns all right uh it's a it's a, it's an exit interview it's a cleaning out our locker uh, yeah. so you know we brought in uh our hr mr kelly howerton back so soon uh we expected to have you at a parade you know and that, that's the shame of this whole thing matt is you and i are we're first ballot hall of fame parade guys Really good at parades. And that's everybody on this this podcast today. Kelly Howerton is a first first ballot Hall of Fame parade guy. 100. I mean, I, I saw him at the Royals parade. I saw what he did Chiefs. This guy's amazing at parades. Uh, we've also got Levi Hart, our man in the stands. You know, this guy gets out to the he gets out to the game so early, he literally parks between the stadiums to tailgate. Okay, nice. that's how dedicated this guy is. Nice. That's a good gold spot. reserve. Gold reserve. Gentlemen, welcome. Platinum. <laughs> thank you for joining us. Um, yes, thank you. You know, so today, you know, I, I wish we were talking about a, a happier occasion, but we're not. Um, we are uh, talking about the end of the football season. I know there's a couple games left, you know, Pro Bowl. Nobody cares about that. Um, and then, uh, the uh, the Super Bowl that has the uh, Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. The big game. Not the big game. We yeah. I don't think we have the rights to say Super Bowl. Okay, how about this superb owl? The superb owl. Superb <laughs> owl. Um, <laughs> Correct. So let's let's just go. I'm gonna go around the horn. Um, first question: Where are you at in the grieving process? Levi, start mm -hmm. us off. I, I'm going to start on a high, though, because uh, I, I think I'm over it. And uh, we'll get into some of the reasons for that. But, uh, you know, sit, sitting in the stands, we sit on the opponent's sideline. And, um, you know, sitting surrounded by Bengals fans, it put me in the in the position we were in a couple of years ago, going to the Super Bowl, right? Make, making, winning that game and the emotions that, that I went through at that time with a buddy of mine that's been going since he was a little kid. The the tickets we have were in his family when his dad bought them before he passed away. And you know, they were 40 plus year family deal that I, I'm fortunate enough to be a part of. Uh, and so being able to experience the the high that went with that after the low of losing the year before on the uh, in, in that same situation, it, it it made it easier to get over. I saw I saw Bengals fans crying. The guy the guy sitting down next to me is a huge like six foot six Bengals fan. I'm sure he was the dad of somebody there, but um, yeah, he was a good good dude the whole way around. I, I like to judge cities by the fans that sit around me and how they behave. That's kind of how I get a sense of a city if I've not been there before. Never really spent much time in Cincinnati, but guys were all right to me, and and um, you know the, their their excitement kind of eased a little bit of my pain. So that that helped me move on, and I think we got a, a pretty bright future ahead still. Uh, so I, I'm well, ever I an know, optimist as well. I know there were some Chiefs fans crying for a different reason. That's um, a fact. Kelly, <laughs> Kelly, where are you at on the uh, the, the grieving process? 
I mean, I think I'm with Levi. Um, you know, sitting back, obviously the, the initial disappointment of the whole situation kind of let it sink in a little bit and kind of take a step back, look at the whole year, look at where we're at, look at where we're going, look at what we have on our team. You know, I think that uh, put all those into perspective. Um, I think it's just a missed opportunity. I think it's just one of those things that we'll look back, you know, always look back. And I wish we would have probably taken advantage of that. But I don't, you know, coming from my years of being a Chiefs fan and the things I, I've been disappointed about, this you know, this is this is fine. I can I can deal with this, I guess, compared to the, you know, no touchdowns lost to Pittsburgh and the, you know, missed field goals, you know, um, important games, you know, Montana getting uh, body slammed on the turf by Bruce Smith. You know, those kind of uh, things kind of stick with you over time. But, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in a good spot, I think. So, Matt, how where are you at? Yeah, I'm also very similar. I, I, I think. Before the game started, you know, I, I was talking to Deanna, who is also could could is still in pretty much could care less mode. Um, every once in a while, she I actually kind of force her because as we get kind of um, superstitious, which I've got to remember, like every year, especially after losses, right? I realize like how silly all the superstitious things I've done, you know, like weren't because none of them worked really. Ultimately, you know, the only year they obviously worked was in 19 you know so like you know some of the things so i told her she stuck around and watched the buffalo game till the end with me so i i made her stay with me you know when she she wanted to go get a pedicure and wanted to do some things i was like, nope nope you are gonna you gotta stay you know because you everything has to be in the exact same conditions that that's how kind of weird you know obviously all of us are as, as sports fans but i also told her before the game that before this year or, or sorry before Mahomes right before this era of of the, of the Chiefs we had been in this ball game one time you know in 1994 in my lifetime you know in some ways and so like the idea that we'd been in this game four times in a row you know it, it's just incredible you know so I think right I, I'm also in a very optimistic mode I don't like hearing and I don't like seeing like the negative things for Mahomes in particular. I, I'm very kind of, you know, I'm a little bit protective. Overprotective. Some maybe, might say. Maybe. Very overprotective of Patrick. But I just, I, I, I do. Worse think, than Randy, really. I, I do think it's just really right, right, probably. And that's why I sympathize with them sometimes too, you know, in some ways. But like, I, I do. It bothers me that like it, it kind of falls on his shoulders, even though he did have a bad half and a bad, you know, and 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 he of course took the blame like you know a good leader does. But no, I'm very optimistic and happy with with the fellows. Yeah, so I, I think I'm somewhere uh, still in the. I, I think I'm in that questioning phase of like, wait a minute, like it's not denial. Like I went through anger like pretty quickly, but I wasn't like my dad who. Like I did, I did have a similar reaction to my dad when when McPherson's field goal went in. My my reaction was, "Damn, turn the TV off." You know, it wasn't last year with uh, Nance with the uh, and one final indignity. Oh fuck you, Jim Nance, and throwing the remote and shit and turning the TV off. Uh, but so I'm not there. You know, I didn't didn't get angry like for a long period of time. Um, but I'm I'm in that like. How did this, you know, it's not even denial. It's like this. How did this happen? You know, like this is, God, this was so weird. But then I, I kind of start thinking like, this is a little bit of Andy Reid MO. Blowing huge leads in the playoffs is not a new thing for Andy. 
No. Like, we, what was the, the the Colts? Was that like a twenty-eight point lead? One hundred. It was. We. I thought it was. Tw- we were up twenty-one ten or twenty-eight ten, wasn't it? It was big. It was twenty-eight ten. It was big. Yeah, and then you had twenty-one three against Tennessee. Does that seem sound familiar? Um, well, then in a couple Philadelphia career, a couple in Philadelphia where he got to the. I think it took him. He got to four NFC Championship games, and it was the fourth one when they finally went. Yeah. Um. You know, and, and I, and I don't know. They, they were really in that game, and then kind of came up short. Yeah, and, and he ways. he just seems to like. I, I I would almost rather have Andy Reid down eighteen than up eighteen. It's weird. As weird as it is, because like you think about the the Houston game, and it, what was it, twenty four to nothing quick, and then hmm. boom, lightning, and it was my half back leading. Um, I I don't know. I mean, there's just something. I think there were two pivotal things that happened, three pivotal things that happened in that game, all in the first half. And we're going to talk about irrational reasons for the loss. Um, The first one was the Michael Burton third and one, and they called the timeout. Mm -hmm. And I kind of blame Andy, but I don't because – how, how many times have we seen this year New York come in and quote unquote clean it up? We're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna whistle it down. Hey, he got it. Hey, check this out. We're, let's let's take a look. So they don't do that. So he's waiting, waiting, waiting for that to happen, and then he calls timeout and then challenges. So let's fast forward to the final play of the first half where Mahomes throws the, the swing pass. Now, those of us watching on TV. I see that, and I like on the throw to Kelsey. I was like, touchdown! You didn't even see the. You see Mahomes throw. Kelsey's not in the picture anymore. And you're like, touchdown, because you know. So when he throws it out to to Hill, I'm thinking like he's gonna walk in. And then on TV, we see Mahomes trying to call timeout. Well, in Mahomes' head, he's only called two timeouts that he's aware of. He wasn't aware of that that timeout. So that that was kind of weird thing number one, but. Like momentum is a real thing in sports, and we, and you see it all the time. And it's, I, like as a basketball fan, like you would see Golden State Warriors being down eighteen, and all of a sudden Steph Curry's one for thirteen, and then he hits a three pointer, and the next thing you know, he hits his next ten, and it goes the other way too. Like Cincinnati, if we would have gone down and just gotten three. The, all the momentum they had from that 41-yard touchdown where we refused to tackle somebody, it it goes back. So I don't know. That's that's kind of where I, I feel like the game slipped away was um, with those three plays that, to me, were momentum swinging. The, where I take the blame myself is that uh, when they called that timeout, I said, you know, timeouts in the first half aren't as important. They're gold in the second half, but not in the first half. So – Where'd you guys? What'd you guys see? What, what was your thoughts about the second half of, of the Cincy or that the game in general? I'll start with you, uh, Kelly. I mean, I I look at the second half and I don't I don't know what changed in the locker room in regards to the the game plan because it was not the same as it was in the first half. And I understand that you have you know a twenty one three lead that maybe things changed a little bit in your head of how you approach it. Maybe you know certain things aren't called against certain coverages. You don't worry about it as much. I don't know. But as we saw, you know, uh, Cincinnati quickly shifted def- defense. They were playing a lot of, 
you know, um, you know, hybrid cover twos and they were backing people off and they, you saw a drop in, you know, seven, six, seven, eight in the, in the you know, in the uh, in coverage. And we didn't even adjust to any of it. And I didn't understand why on a lot of calls, Mahomes looked confused as what was going on, especially on the critical second. I swear we cannot, we don't have any second down plays. We have no second down plays. Like we have a good first down play. Let's run the ball. Let's get four yards. Great. Second down. What the hell was that? And next thing I know, it's like third and seven, fourth. It's a third and eight. And I, I, I can't understand why the approach of just throwing the ball, doing swing passes, you know, wasn't the the goal we were doing the first half that was so made it so yeah. um, advantageous for us. To, those. to that point, I felt McKinnon was incredibly effective. Yeah. Like he was, it felt like he was getting six, seven, eight yards every time on first down. So second and two, there's a pretty big playbook for that. Yeah, eight, I just nine, it was ten. it was the problem I had. And you talked about the the I I was sitting there talking with my wife and our friend across the street is watching with us and and I, we get down there and they're like, so what do we do? And I was like, well, here's what you do. Here's what you don't do. You throw everything in the end zone and to make sure that because you don't have any timeouts, you need to be able to kick the field goal. So we have to throw everything in the end zone. So like you, when the swing pass when when the uh, out pass happened down to like, I guess you can call it RPO pass down to uh, Hill, I was like. Dude's gonna walk in, and all of a sudden, nowhere Apple flies in the picture. And I was like, "What just happened?" Yeah. And I was like, "Well, there's that." And it was just more of like a "Why did that just occur?" moment. So, yeah. And in the second half, on top of that, I just Mahomes Mahomes looked confused and like completely out of sync. And I, I'd like to think on a greater theory that what we were doing offensively and what we were trying to do, he was trying to figure out why we were doing it. Cause I don't know if, I don't know if Mahomes has the complete capability uh, to change play calls and audible an entire play call. I don't know what the relationship that is. I still haven't like figured it out from any interview or any, anything that's going on. I know he can audible, you know, cut, you know, uh, routes and things like that. But as far as the play wise, I don't know if like, you know, your coach calls, you know uh, you know, slants and they're playing across the middle. Like, you're trying to figure out why we're doing that. I don't know. Like that, it's kind of a conspiracy. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to like even break it down. But I just, he looked confused the majority of the time. What was going on? And I find that weird because I never see Mahomes confused about what to do in those situations. So I don't. My wife was like, did, "What did he just did he did he uh, you know um, screw it all up?" And I was like, "No, I think there was a. I think that he was just trying to figure some things out and didn't understand it." Yeah, so my theory. The interesting part is, as you talked about confusing, and you look very confused on TV. Levi, did he look as confused? Like, was that the chatter in the stands? What was kind of going on around you? No, you. I mean, you can't see that stuff from from the you know from <clears throat> sitting on the sidelines. But uh, you know, it, it. But you can see you can see plays develop. And I mean, a guy with five three hundred pound linemen running in his face is not going to see as much as I'm going to see. You know, five rows off the field and looking over people. Um, but I think it was that last play where he, where he throws it out to Hill, the complete, the other side of the field was complete. He could have walked in. He could have done the, uh, the uh, Lamar Jackson backflip into the end zone to put one away. And, and the, the timeout was very confusing. No, no one really knew what was happening in the stands when, when that timeout, then the challenge came in, we, we thought the timeout was called because he was challenging it, but, um, there was there was confusion on our part of of how that was kind of unfolding, but it just it, so it, it seems it, like it would be easy to miscommunicate if you're Mahomes, not yeah, really yeah, knowing yeah. because I, I'm not used to seeing Patrick Mahomes make mental errors. Right, but it looked like the way that they that 
that they the, the defense they seemed to be running against him was was delayed. And I think that was a pretty pretty brilliant play design to say because he's so good at reading a defense and he's so good at a post snap read. But if he if he reads a linebacker spying him, you know, he he's he knows which way he can he can send that guy. But if it's a late blitz, he doesn't necessarily he doesn't have to go look back at him because he thinks he's a spy, right? Or if a corner checks inside, it's just it I, I thought it was a really well-designed defense, but to the point there's no, there was no adjustment made to, to address that. I mean, he brought McKinnon back in a few times. And to me, if you want to keep him honest, keep him running. I think he had, maybe it was just the first half, but I want to say he had like seven yards per carry on average in the first it, it half. Was, I mean, it, it was, was ungodly. Yeah. It felt like we were at second and two every, it felt like it was first down run, second and two, first down yeah. run, second and three, first down run, second and one, like the whole time. It just felt like it was when they would run McKinnon, the, the offense clicked. And, and you know, the weird thing is, is like traditional thinking is when you're up big, you run the ball. Right. So, right. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I know that the game's changed, right? You can't, you can't run the playbook. You can't run the shot timer playbook. Um, so, but Matt, I, w- go ahead. No, I do. I, but I do think that, that that goes back to to Andy's kind of reputation a little bit too. What I don't think he's ever really been known for is kind of an in-game strategist. What I do think he is is incredible play designer, and he put you know and and a, and a really good evaluator of talent and putting people in the right places and things like that. What I what I think he needs is a week, you know. You know what I mean? When when there's a adjustment that happens at halftime. Okay, where a team decides that, listen, nothing's working and we're going to something completely different, which seemed to be, you know, like Levi was saying, two two things, spying, putting a spy on him, which I think is actually something that really has never really happened to him a ton. And I don't think he was real comfortable with that. The other thing was just rushing three, you know, at times and, and just flooding the zones and, and making it to where he was just kind of started to see ghosts a little bit. And after he was, after he threw the pick, you know, after the bad play, um, you know, at halftime, I, I think it just got in his head a little bit, you know. And and the problem was is that you never really had, and, and let's be honest, like we talk about these quarterbacks like they did it all. And, and I think I, I have just as much of a problem with this as anybody. But when you think of the Tom Brady led teams, when you think of some of these teams, someone else have stepped up and made a play through these playoffs and through these things, you know, like Tom Brady had bad halves, but a Malcolm Butler made a play in the back of the end zone and they won the game. You know what I mean? Like let's, let's, let's flip the the script a little bit. And and let's also look at the defense here that played well. And I don't want to put it on them ultimately, but I'm also going to say that there's moments that you have to make plays. There's, there's two defensive plays that are huge. Joe Burrow's scramble on third and seven when Chris Jones has him. Chris Jones has been that stat of Chris Jones not ever having a sack in the playoffs is bad. I mean, that is a bad stat. I'm sorry. You and you played that many ball games, and, and in some ways, not even a trash time sack. Do you, know, you're, who, you know who has one of some of the most one of the most amounts of sacks in the playoffs? Who for us? Frank Clark. Frank Clark. Yeah, Frank Clark has a lot. Yeah, he yeah. he ended all those games in nineteen, and and that's an interesting point. I want to talk about some fixes for twenty twenty two, and I want to specifically talk about. <laughs> I want to talk about the defense. Um, so can we hold that 
yeah. we get there. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So, you know, we, we talked about tra- traditions and um, conspiracy theories and irrational <laughs> reasons and superstitions. And I'm going to be honest, I'm probably the most ridiculous when it comes to this. I have to wear the same pants, shirt, coat, uh, sit in the same seat, drink out of the same cup. Um, 100. And yeah. I have to have the same lunch. <laughs> and I have to um, wear the same clothes to church. Uh, I have to wear the same thing on Friday. Um, uh, you know, so, so I got a lot going on there. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I thought we were in trouble. You know, I got, got done with church like normal and uh, went to went to my local subway, get my uh, roasted chicken breast on Italian urban wheat. Nice. And uh, uh, I mean, Ita- yeah, Italian urban cheese, and uh, they were out of the bread. Dude. And I had to go with wheat bread. Garbage. Okay, this is the Isn't first time. That- Drive to the next place. If you're if you're really if you're on if you're sold on these things making it work, you just drive the next place. It's like I'm good with my order. So it seems like you failed to make an adjustment. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's an Andy thing. Okay, <laughs> the in-game adjustments for the yeah. <laughs> it's a blind spot. Okay. Um, <laughs> You know, we we uh, look. I mean, we want to talk about Andy Reid. I mean, those scripted plays are amazing, and it's an Andy thing. You know, when when we're scripted, we're we're on point. It's, it, you know, it's it's one hundred percent. But you know, it's kind of when we get deeper in the game and we we have to make adjustments. That uh, you know, it 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 didn't work. So, uh, you guys got any irrational? Uh, you know, did you get now? Same same thing as last year. I took Facebook and Twitter off my phone. I uh, actually. And Levi last year, Levi actually had to tell me about Tiger Woods last year. That's right. As I didn't know about oh, it. Oh, wow. And uh, he's like, yeah, you know, Tiger Woods got into a wreck. And I'm like, what? No. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I took ESPN off my favorites bar. And I, uh, <laughs> and I, I took Twitter and Facebook off my phone. Um, so I haven't had access. I actually saw that Tom Brady retired off LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> So it is, it, it, it is a career change. It is a career, career change. So, yeah, so uh, a, any irrational conspiracy theories, uh, superstitions that got broke? Matt, what do you got? Oh, I have an a th- I have a theory, and this is how kind of like holding on for dear life I can do too. And no one has noticed this. I'm curious if anybody did. But if you notice at the end of the game, okay, Joe Mixon on the run right that gets him all the way down basically right there in field goal range he falls and never gets touched by a defensive player and then throws the football down okay and at no point does he touch now i don't I, he doesn't you give, give yourself up. up how though he, he travis didn't... kelsey did the same thing a week earlier he took a knee yeah, oh. you give you can give yourself up it's a yeah yeah, Kelsey. Yeah, it, it, in no way did it appear that he was giving himself up. I mean, it looked like he went to make a cut, hit his own player, and fell. Exactly. Uh, and now, then, I would have thought he probably thought he was tackled by somebody. Maybe he didn't know who. I mean, he, but he, it, it did not look like he gave himself up. Why? And why would you right there, right then? There's absolutely no reason for it. Exactly. And I think the other piece was is that he realized, I think he might have gotten up and ran more, too thinking maybe I didn't get touched, but he knew, hey, I'm in field goal range. I'm right there. You know, like that was, he was getting up and then spiking it, you know, game over type thing. You know, I don't know 
then maybe he figured, I don't know, he couldn't even get completely in that, you know, it was field goal anyway time. But it was just really funny. And here's why it was just so interesting, because if you remember the play, like then they started going to the, to Andy and walking over to Andy and they had the refs talking to him. And then the uh, Romo and them were talking about, well, you can't um, review uh, whatever it was. Uh, he can't challenge in overtime. It has to come from the booth. He can't challenge, but then they, they mentioned something about a legal formation or something like that. But yeah, he came over there and I was curious if Andy saw the same thing or like, why did they walk over there and talk to him? I was just like curious, like, because then I got like kind of excited. I was like, shit, they saw the same thing I did. You know, they're going to take a look at this, you know. They did They did mention it and that they did say on the, the broadcast that Mixon had, the officials told Andy that Mixon gave himself up. Did you? I never heard that. Yeah. Really? I never heard that. That's interesting. Well, that yeah. has to be then the the call. But that's I don't I don't. The the only thing I would say to that call is like, okay, well, could he have also not given himself up and kept running? I mean, what? what well, kind I, of- I do want to talk about so kind of on that giving yourself up or whatever. Um, you know, one of the big plays, and you mentioned it with the Chris Jones sack, is. I think they need to do something like there's this fine line of protecting quarterbacks mm-hmm. and he these was guys are, these yeah. guys are not finishing plays. And I don't think Chris Jones finished that play because he was on, on his back. And if he drives him into the ground, that happens all the time. That happened. Yard. What was the one play where that happened to us too, where our guy just hugged, hugged the quarterback. That was the Brady. That was it. That was that in the Super Bowl. Or what was that? Remember, it was the in the, it was against the Raiders in the divisional playoff game. Was that what it was? Some at some point, one of our guys a couple years ago or last year it was it wasn't long ago. Literally went up to a quarterback, hugged him, thought the kind of the play was over, and just let him go. And then they ran for you know another like ten. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember? Yeah, that? they they need to do some sort of in the grasp. Yeah, you know, but but the thing is, is like, and you, you see it with Mahomes and Burrow and Allen and Herbert and Russ and. Uh, all across the leagues, these guys have escapability. At some point, you have to let the defensive players finish the play. And I yeah, think Josh that, Allen, Josh Allen's like a running back. Let him. I mean, yeah. if he's if, you, if he's going to run out there and just hammer cornerbacks all the time on these like quarterback sweeps, then you're not going to let defensive ends or you know and and defensive linemen hit him in the you know the backfield. You're going to protect him back there. You know, it's just a bizarre kind of. Well, and I know I know we brought it up the Kenny Pickett fake slide. Remember so that, amazing. you know, I mean, you're going to start seeing yeah. things like that. And uh, the, the Bronco game where um, was it Sneed that didn't light up Drew Locke at, at the goal line? Like if he would have come in and put a shoulder into him, um, Locke wasn't in the end zone. But I guarantee when he when contact would have been made, they probably would have called the, the penalty. Now, at that point, what's it matter? It's either going to be a half yard penalty or they're going to put the right. ball at the 50 yard line to kick it off. So Kelly, what do you got on any, uh, any conspiracy theories, any, uh, any superstitions that, uh, that got broke? I mean, my main superstition is I use, I have, I've worn the same shirt for every game for the past like three years. And somehow, uh, in, uh, October it disappeared. No one in the family knows where it is. Mm. So I don't mm. know what the, cons- I don't know what kind of like, no, like you know, shirt gnomes took it, but I don't know where it's at. But I've looked everywhere. I mean, okie doke a little bit there because, like, if it <clears> disappeared <throat> after the Tennessee game, there, there was a big run there. Big, yeah. Uh, I, so, I, I wasn't worried, and then, like, you know, this comes about, and I'm like, oh, well, 
I should probably. I, I don't know where it's at. I can't find it. It's it's gone. So it was it was the lucky shirt. Uh, well, I mean, fairly lucky shirt. We yeah, had some see, I feel like I need there. to. Uh, I, I've been racking my brain trying to figure out because the first time, like, I had my I had my outfit, and then it was like shorts and like, uh, like one of those Andy Reid October, you know, jackets, like short sleeve, and it was the Houston game. They went down twenty four to nothing, and I was like, you know what? If I'm going to watch this misery, I'm at least going to be comfortable. So I went up and put on pants and socks and a hoodie and, you know, dressed to January instead of dressing like it was September. And and that's that's been the uh, that's been the dress code ever since. But I, I do know that I have like a Super Bowl shirt. It's the uh, Paul Rudd. Hey, look at us shirt. So I know that came out after the Super Bowl. So I got it. I got to remember what, what I was wearing during the Super Bowl. And to your guys' point, I need to make the adjustments. Come on, to man. regular season. So, but as so, far as the conspiracy part goes to this, I guess my question is: if we're getting the conspiracy part with the NFL refs and how hor- actually horrible it has been, because I mean, in this game we had a um, unnecessary roughness call that didn't get called and the out of bounds hit. We had the egregious the guy caught a fair catch and he doesn't matter if he touches him or what he smacked into him i don't right. care if it was incidental or what that's the rule in the book you can't do that and by and the way that happened, happened to the same player on back-to-back plays yeah so i don't i don't well why are those things clearly not there's been a few of those that are just like that seems like it should be like new york could have been like okay that was you guys didn't call that we're gonna call it like why why can't that happen like there's multiple things that's happening. Well, and, and the funny thing is, is like on the Buffalo game, and I know we're glass half full on the Buffalo game because of the result. People talk about that being one of the best games that they watched, primarily because of the, the last two minutes. To me, it was one of the best games that I've watched because it was a clean game. Yeah. Very few penalties, no turn up. You know, it was clean. It was a clean game. Good, mm-hmm. well played, hard played on both sides. Um, you know, it, this one felt a little chippy at times um to your point where you've got hits out of bounds uh was it sneed or somebody got pushed over at the end of a pile they threw a flag and they're like you know what no foul no foul we're good uh, but that's so, been that's been an achilles heel of the chiefs i mean when, when teams get physical with them that they they struggle with that and i, I think that was by design i mean i I, I put Cincinnati in the in the same category as the Raiders and that they're our physical team. And sometimes that means that they're a dirty team. Uh, they're obviously they're different teams now than they were back then. And I think that's changing, especially for Cincinnati. We'll see what happens with, with the Raiders new organization, but it's, it creates a problem for the chiefs. And I think they took advantage of that. Now I do, I do like when they let them put their hands on the receivers and they run around, but, but you know, the, the nonsense out of bounds hits and the, and you know the the extracurriculars that 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 should they yeah. really need if they, if if they let one slide, you know th- that seems to open the gates. Yeah, and I've watched quite a few Bengals games this year. Just you know, red zone, you know, whatever. And I feel like Jamar Chase gets officiated differently. It's weird. I mean, you can talk about that as like an NFL start. They have their people. They're gonna. I mean, it's the Brady is a perfect example. I mean, they're gonna protect. They're gonna like you know do things a little differently for those people because they want to make those people superstars. That's my guess conspiracy theory on everything. So, you guys want my take on why Brady retired? This Matt, whole situation already, is going on right now. Matt already knows. Matt already knows. As oh, I said, yeah. Matt a text. I'm like the guy gets one unsportsmanlike conduct call in his <laughs> life, and then he he quits. What that's a it, bitch. I'm out. Like that's it. You He's know, like, if you're gonna call me for unsportsmanlike, I'm, I'm retiring. I'm done. I was gonna play three more years, 
But since you <laughs> called that 15 yard penalty on me and my lip got busted open, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, no, exactly. no more TV 12 for you. Well, it's kind of like a Godfather scenario where eventually, like, you know, you've lost your protection, right? Like, you've always been a made man, you know, you've always been, you know, the, the guy. And then, like, all of a sudden you're losing your connects and then you realize, like, oh, man, you're out on your own. You know, Brady, if he knows that, then he knows everybody's gunning for him. So, <laughs> so yeah, he's probably exiting now knowing that, yeah, man, they're not going to take care of me anymore. You know, he I, figures I he's, uh, he's about one step away from a, a bounty like they had on Brett Favre. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So talk about the defense. Or whatever, is yeah, it you know what? Let's let's get let's get off Cincinnati. You know, I I, I guess final thing on Cincinnati. <laughs> so you got the Rams versus the uh, Bengals. Just real quickly, oh. what's your prediction for the Super Bowl? Um, Levi, why don't you start us off? Yeah, I'm I'm all about the Bengals. Um, I mean, I'd rather lose to the team that wins it all than than lose to the runner-up. So, uh, and it's an organization that hasn't won. So, I do like Matt Stafford though. So there's there's really no downside here. I got no dog in the fight, but all things equal, I'd I'd rather I'd rather lose to the champs than than lose to the runner-up. And I think the AFC is a much stronger division, and it will be for the for you know I think the next five ten years. But um, and so I I. That's where we're from, right? I always root for the uh, American League in baseball as well. So that's I, I like a good uh, I like a good forty eight or forty two thirty eight game. Kelly, where you at? I am uh, not as uh, a good of a person as Levi. <laughs> Same. So I'm just gonna go ahead and be honest on it. Um, I look at Mahomes as a nephew. I don't want anyone even compared to my nephew. I don't want anyone to have oh well he has a title too in the conversation. Um, I don't want anyone in the conversation going to multiple AFC championship games. I don't want any of that. And so I want to see Stafford, who, in my honest opinion, is Jared Goff, that has it's a little, a little more clutch. They're the exact same quarterback, which I found hilarious that the Rams traded two first round draft picks for the quarterback <laughs> they had, which is kind of weird. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not a St. Louis fan, so I'm not a big fan of things from St. Louis uh, sports-wise. So I don't like the Rams a whole lot. But in this situation, I would rather see them win, give Stafford some joy, um, watch the massive, um, you know, receding of the Rams organization for the next five years after this, um, based on their general manager uh, actions. I would say Rams. You know, probably uh, 35, Bengals 21. Matty Ice, Famer time, where you at? Yeah, so I cannot stress enough how I appreciate Levi's take, and I wish I, again, was as good a human being as Kelly mentioned here. But I am as petty as they come, and I absolutely agree with everything he said. And I'm going to add a little bit to it in some ways. Like, I – um Cronky, right? Like, part of me doesn't want to, to root for them because he is one of the, the page, uh, one of the grossest <laughs> beings on the planet. Um, so, part of me doesn't want to him to win, but then part of me is like, no one likes them. No one. There is no fan of the LA Rams that I can think of that anyone cares. So, part of me is like, the pettiness comes from, yes, one, not wanting another AFC team to be and another guy like Burrow to be. I do think Burrow is getting a little overrated and like somehow he won this game. To me, 
all credit should be on the, the Bengals defense in every way and their coaching staff for this win. The idea that Joe Burrow won this game to me is a little is a big stretch. In fact, he threw a horrible interception that should have cost them. This should have cost them the game in some ways. We should have drove right down there and scored. And Mahomes 99 times out of 100 usually does. Of course, we did it this time. And again, credit to their defense. Their defense rolled on the field and stopped us in three and out. So I don't want Burrow to be considered this big stud because I, I although I do think he's he's okay, he's good. LA, no fans. Stafford, no, if Stafford wins, he, he gets the MVP, fine. No one, no one is gonna go, Matt Stafford is the next, you know, so-and-so. Matt Stafford is the greatest quarterback. No one, you know, again, even if you're a fan like Levi is or whatever, you're going to go, good for him, good for him. You know, it's nice he finally got one, but no one's going, oh, man, he's going to win 10 and be the next guy, you know, because he's just not the guy. He can't be, he's going to run out of, you know, he's only playing on like one shoulder anyway, you know, at this point. So, like, I've got L.A. 31-21. Give L.A. their Super Bowl. They It's at in L.A., you know, like whatever. Who cares? I seriously that that to me is the way this season should end. So, I also am uh, not nearly the human being humanitarian. <laughs> that, uh, I will say that um, I, I I don't want the Rams to win because I feel like they now. To Kelly's point, one two year window. They've got to win it now. To me, they feel like, you know, these NBA teams that go out and they get all the superstars. So to me, it was a little bit like Tampa Bay last year where we got all these outcasts, malcontents, where we got the Antonio Browns and the Leonard Fournettes and the JPPs the and the Indomitian Sues, these guys that <clears throat> were studs, but maybe not the best locker room guy yeah. on a not so great team. And then they're talented individuals that go to, to a team with a, Tremendous leader, say what you want about Brady, but, you know, guys go to play with him, right? Mm -hmm. So the Rams are basically the same thing. Aaron Donald is, you know, in a lot of people's eyes, the the best player in the league. You know, I don't agree with it, but so then you get Von Miller from Denver. You get Odell Beckham that basically does an Antonio Brown, forces a trade out of Cleveland. I'm not happy in Cleveland. So I'm going to go here. Being around Baker, you got to cut, give him a little, you know, no one wants to be around that. Man, see, you know, we're not talking about Baker right now. Okay. So, <laughs> so the Rams, to me, the Rams would, the Rams are going to buy a title. They, they bought it. Right. And everybody yeah. kind of, and, right. and Cincinnati, you know, Cincinnati has built their team by being garbage. So good on them. Right. They got, they got these, they got Burrow as a one pick. It, the Joe Burrow knee injury probably will go down as one of the greatest injuries in sports history. They were, they were on a huge trajectory last year. I, I think when he went down, weren't they like four and two? Yeah, and they would they, 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 they like lost out, right? So, so that allows them to go get Jamar Chase. So, the Bengals have built it through the through the draft. The the Rams have bought it. Um, I, I don't think the game's going to be close. I think the Rams boat race them. I, I think two weeks ago. We saw Tennessee with a pretty decent defensive line get nine sacks on Burrow. Right. What do you think that Von Miller, Little, and Aaron mm-hmm. Donald are going to do? And, oh, by the way, they've got this guy named Jalen Ramsey, malcontent from Jacksonville, yeah. that can probably shut Chase down one-on-one. Uh, defensively, yeah, they did a good job on Hill and, and Kelsey in the second half. 
hey, good luck bracketing Beckham and Cup. Because as good as Kelsey is, he's not Odell Beckham and he's not Cooper Cup as far as his being a wide receiver. Downfield, you know, yeah. Downfield threat. He has to run for 40 yards to make a 40-yard Yeah, play. I mean, I'm Travis re- relies on his size and, and speed against mm-hmm. defensive uh like linebackers. So I, I just don't, I see this, I see a similar situation to last year where the Rams defensive line just completely dominates this game. The Bengals wide receivers may be running wide open, but similar to Rich Gannon against the They Buccaneers. also lost a tight end too. Yeah. Bengals, yeah. Yeah. So. I, I see Joe Burrow under a, under a pile of humans for a lot of the game. <laughs> um, I, I just, I don't, I don't see it being close. I see the, I see the Rams winning big um, and, I think and I don't love it. And I think the players that were there um, when the Rams just recently went is important too. Huge, right? Like there's a level of Cincinnati being happy to be there, right? Where there's going to be a lot of guys on that Rams team that are going to be like, yeah, we gave one away to that, you know, the guy, you know, beats everybody, but here's our chance. And especially with Sean McVay, I think that's probably the biggest thing, even though, what was he doing in the in the championship game? Like, I have no idea. Like, he was trying to give that game away, too. Like, we kind of go hard on Andy sometimes, which which I think is fair, and I think he deserves. But you look at some of these coaches and, and that we, we, we agree are good coaches, also kind of shit the bed at really weird times. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, Mike McCarthy is a good, another good example of like a guy who, you know, keeps just being in the big game and then just mm-hmm. keeps shitting the bed, you know, and like Sean McVay doesn't want to be that guy, you know, and I think that he's going to have a big motivation for that too, you know, so I think that's an under undercurrent that's there as well. So as we kind of start to wind down here, um, Levi, you know, how do you view the season? What's the high? What was the low of, uh, of this past chief season? Well, obviously I think the, the, what early ish slump, right. That was, that there was a lot of questions being asked at that point of, of what, what is this team doing? And I think a lot of that has had to do with, with carryover from last year and that look, it was successful before we're going to keep running this and not really making those adjustments until I think Andy Reid needs a couple of losses in a row before he starts making those adjustments. And then he gets on a real hot streak and then it drops off again. And so we, we kind of saw that maybe it was a little too early in the season for, for that to happen for us. But um, you know, I, I think as, as easy as it is to say, we left seven points on the board in two game, two critical playoff games. I mean, the, the bills game shouldn't have come down the last two minutes we should have had we should have had a four-point lead earlier on right we you miss an extra point you miss a field goal that are very makeable and and you're not having the same discussions about how close that game was it would have been a lot more about how easily the chiefs won this game and i always say that the i tell my kid that the most dangerous lead uh, lead in sports is a two possession lead or a two score lead right you see soccer teams fall all the time they're up two nil and then they lose the game three to two you're up two touchdowns and you lose by three Right, because mm-hmm. you get into this comfortable mm-hmm. position, and what 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 I really liked was I I, I was excited about Fr- uh, not Frank Gore. Um, help me out with his De- first name. Derek Gore. Derek Gore. There we go. <laughs> it would be nice to have Frank Gore in his prime, but um, <laughs> <laughs> Gore was exciting. <laughs> I mean, and, and McKinnon came came on late. I think those were are bright spots for the future because what 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 was what I struggled with and what drove me nuts was. 
we get in these situations where we need three yards. I, we have a really strong offensive line. I want to be in the position where we can say, you know, we're going to run it. We're going to run it and we're going to get what we need. And I think we have most of that ability now. And I, I know we're going to get into the offseason a little bit, and I, but I think that's on the offensive side of the ball. That's that's pretty key for for the future. Kelly, what overall thoughts of the season? Highs, lows? What? I mean, we talked about earlier before everyone got in the call, but I I think we overachieved. I think what we thought we had is. I mean, I don't. I think it's been underplayed how much Eric Fisher's loss and um, other other offensive linemen his names off of my radar. Who did Duvernay, we lose? Duvernay, no. Tardy. Uh, oh my gosh, Mitch Morse. Yes, uh, no, not Mitch Morse. Uh, he he retired. He was he Schwartz. Was, he, oh, Mitchell yes, Schwartz. Mitchell Schwartz. I don't. I think we underplayed how big of a deal that was and how that wasn't on the radar. I think that wasn't part of their their you know CIA red tape around the room on the board. I don't think that was a part of that. And I think when that happened, they're like, oh. And so they're like, well, we got to put this over here because we got to focus on this. And I think a lot of our offseason plans sort of kind of fell into place. I'm, I'm glad we got an offensive line, but this offense has so many holes on top of it uh, this year. Um, I think that they're, I, I, even though it's great and we can do anything to opponents, I think that we're missing some big parts to our offense. Um, you know, I'm happy with what we've done with what we had uh, at our. Uh, you know, at, at our hand at, but I, I think the highlight was linebackers. We didn't have linebackers. Remember we didn't, that was like, Oh my gosh, you're having linebackers. And then at the end of the year, we have two amazing linebackers. And that's it. That was a, a highlight. McKinnon's a highlight. I'm not sure how much that plays going forward, but he would definitely was a highlight for this year. I'm not sure he's the answer at that position for us, um, which we'll kind of get into on other stuff. But I, you know, the fact that to the AFC championship game, that's uh, I think a testament as much as we give a, uh, <laughs> Andy a hard time uh, and give Steve a hard time on the whole thing. I think getting there with this team was a, was, was a win. Yeah. Matt, what do you got? Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, couldn't agree more with, with both these guys. I, I, I I think when you look at, and I think it's important to go, okay, when you got Patrick Mahomes, it's kind of something that you always think about as like these hypotheticals and you go, what would you have taken in his first five years, you know, or whatever, first four or five years, you know, and I, I think we all would have taken what we've got, you know, and so it's hard to kind of look at it as a disappointment, but, I, but again, and it's also so many opportunities that were there. And I, I think what it reminds you of is that, again, you know how I feel about Brady, but in their situation that that's that's such an anomaly and that's probably not going to happen again um what i also would say though is that i'm okay with that part of part of that because i would say that when i when i've gotten to watch patch what i've gotten to watch of patrick mahomes as a quarterback i would hey, can, say I, almost, can i interrupt you real quick i'm sorry to interrupt you real quick no, it's okay. on brady so tom played in 22 he played 22 seasons mm -hmm. he went to 10 super bowls okay so Almost every other year, statistically, right? Fifty percent. Right. Mahomes has played in fifty percent of his. Yeah, no. of Super Bowls. But on, on top of on top of that, I think that I think we need to stop and just put Brady and put him in a box and not even discuss him in football until twenty years from now because it's not fair. Like if yeah. you compare to like people like Montana, like Montana went to his first. first I just kind of looked at the first Super Bowl at, at age twenty five, right? 
Then he went at 28. He went at 32 and 33, 16 and 7 in the playoffs. If you look at Mahomes right now, would you say by the time he's 33, he's probably going to accomplish those things? I mean, granted, the four Super Bowls, I think, more has to do with the team that he had to play through than actually Montana's being the great one of the greatest. But that's you know, I don't see that as not being doable. And that's the comparison I think we really need to focus on and stop doing this Brady goat thing. He's yeah. not going to be the goat. It's not possible for Mahomes to be the goat. He's we we want him to be one of the best ever, and I think that's where we need to set the. So he's what four. Five years in, four years in. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that in 17 years. If he plays 17 more years and he plays Which 20, he's probably not, but yeah, we'll yeah. go ahead and talk so, about that. So anyway, Matt, I, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. sorry. No, I just I'm, that that goes back to just a conversation that I feel like needs to happen sometimes of like, okay, you you got to watch Tom Brady for for win for for all that time, and that's great. But you also got to watch Tom Brady. I get to watch Patrick Mahomes that I'm sorry is a different level of athlete and quarterback than what Tom Brady ever, ever, ever will be. And so I, I just wish it was more of a conversation of greatest athlete of all time and then greatest winner of all time, because Tom Brady deserves to be in the top three of greatest winners of all time. Right. You know, like he deserves to be there, but the idea that he's the greatest athlete of all time to me, it's comical. I mean, it, it, he's never been an, even considered an athletic quarterback in the league, right? He's always been a guy who was a pocket quarterback who, who again, I think we all acknowledge the level of hard, like hard difficulty it is to play NFL quarterback and to play it for as long and at high level he did. But the idea that he's the greatest athlete of all time. And so that's why I go back to saying, like, I've gotten to see Patrick Mahomes. I can name five plays in my mind that that he's made that no other player in the world has ever even tried to do or or and then he's pulled them off. I can't do that with Brady. I can see I can I can I can name all the trophies he's held up. It's great. That's great. But but I also can't tell you look at that play he made. My god, look at that play. He that's the most astounding thing, excellent thing I've ever seen. Name that play that Brady's had. So like part of me is like it should be two different conversations, you know. So I'm good with watching Patrick Mahomes. And if he doesn't end up being Brady or Montana, like part of me goes, man, how lucky. Because think about what we've watched. You know, think about the Brody Croyles of the world. Think about, you know, the, the Tyler Thigpins of the world that we have watched be a part. By the way, speaking of which, Brian Dable is a NFL head coach right now, which people forget that he was the offensive coordinator for the 2012 Chiefs, which may be the most comical offense that ever existed in American <laughs> football history. And he is now like some sort of offensive guru. So that's the other hysterical part that like, it's this recency bias thing that like, and you know, Belichick is, I think Belichick has seen it, right? Like, is he as good as he was or did he have the player and the players, you know, to do it? So it's, I don't know. I'll, I'll take, I'll take watching Patrick over the wins any day in some ways. That, yeah. You know, for, for me, this was a, uh, in the moment was a frustrating season. In, in the moment, it was a frustrating season that, um, and I, I think Kelly and I were talking about this um, off air that, you know, the expectations and my immediate reaction when we lost to, to Cincinnati was like, I'm 45 years old for 22 years of my life. We didn't win a playoff game. And now we've gone to four straight, hosted four straight AFC championship games. Five years ago, if you would have told me I had one, I, I would have been like, oh, thank God. You know, so, yeah. so you know, expectations, recency bias, right? So let's rewind the clock uh, one week. From today, man, we were all floating on, we we're on cloud nine. We just, 
13 seconds. You know, we're, we're all making jokes about, you know, see, I've been telling my wife for, for years, 13 seconds is plenty of time. You know, we're all, we're all making these jokes, right? You fast forward a week and you know, uh, it's the worst thing in the world. It, that, and that's the thing with sports high and low, right? But for me, this season was, it was frustrating probably because of the expectations and, you know, and, and it's as dumb as it is, you know, we, Kelly said, uh, Mahomes is my nephew. Uh, Matt's Randy Mahomes overprotective. Yeah. Um, I, I'm over here going, man, I, I really hope that he is, that Patrick's more Montana, Bradshaw, Brady than he is Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. It's a and, worry. And, and the worry story, yeah. the story's still there, right? So Russ, Russ went to two early, never been back. Rogers went to one. <clears throat> Rogers only been to one Super Bowl, multiple, multiple, multiple MVPs, no championships. Roethlisberger. I think the, I think the challenge is more is more about the competition than it is about his his ability. I think the AFC is is so stacked. And you have a lot of really strong young talent. I think that it's it's going to be harder to be in this position than it has been the last three yeah. years. So what you're saying, Levi, is you don't think that Travis Kelsey will have more playoff touchdown <clears throat> passes than Justin Herbert? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> when it's all said and done. <laughs> or, I, uh, let me let me let me use Patrick's words. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it. Okay. <laughs> can I, can I say yeah. one thing about? Yeah. I know we're saying the AFC stacked, and I right now it sure as hell looks like it, right? But remember when Baker Mayfield was a badass? He's nowhere to be found. Remember when Derek Carr was supposed to be really, really good? He's terrible, nowhere to be found. So I know Joe Burrow's awesome this year. I know Josh Allen's good this year. I know that these – we have no idea if in two years they're going to, like, just shit the bed. Pardon my friend. Shit the bed. We have no idea. Mahomes – that's my argument is Mahomes has been this for now for for. Five, yeah, four years. I've got a sample size of both of these people that, that they did good. Buffalo with the best defense in the NFL. And then I've got Burrow with a receiving core that's amazing. Now, that that's my only point is like, I understand that, but we don't know what this is going to look like. But as of right now, if you're going to judge it, like this is what's going to be going forward, then yes, it's going to be a, a tough challenge. So let's talk about going forward. So I think we've all got something. Kelly, why don't you start us off on? <laughs> I mean, this might well, last a little. It might last a little longer than we we plan on this, so, but I'll, I'll go through. So, it. Big, how about just just a top thing you'd like to see? You'd like to see fixed? I mean, they're going to have to work some magic with the cap space because we're at fourteen point two, and they're going to restructure my home's you know contract to get it to where we can get to close to forty to even start making the changes. I think we we probably need to make. Free agencies, you got, got Tyran, we got Reed, we got Ingram, Ward, Hughes, Pringle, and of course the GOAT, Chad Henney, is going to be a, a, as a free agent, right? Mm. So these are all free agencies that we kind of have to deal with. Obviously, the quarterbacks, we got the, the quarterback's going to be a uh, a priority. Safety is going to be a priority, and defensive line is going to be a priority. From what I see from the free agency side, defensive tackle is the weakest point in free agency so i don't know where we're going to figure out how to solve that problem through free agency it's very weak strength in free agency our wide receiver i have mike williams circled as a if he came to us six foot five 215 pound guy that can jump and get the ball would probably make Mahomes a mvp also um that would mean that we're not playing against him and he has tortured us yes <laughs> 
Um, safeties wise, Jesse Bates is out there. Marcus Mays is out there as, as possible, but they're going to want a lot of money. Odell Beckham, of course, for wide receiver, Joe, Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, so that's kind of free agency. There's some places we can pick up the draft. I mean, it's very wide receiver heavy, linebacker heavy, uh, and not, once again, not de defensive tackle heavy. So once again, I don't know where we're going to solve the defensive tackle issues we have, uh, where that's going to come from because there really isn't a lot of options out there. Um, I don't necessarily think that uh, – I don't necessarily think we have the answer at running back. Anyone on this team I don't think is the answer at running back. I think we're sticking with Clyde because that's what you're supposed to do with the first-round draft pick. I think he shows some magic from time to time. But if I want a third and four, am I going to think Clyde's going to be able to figure out which hole to go to to get it? I don't. I haven't seen that. Um, so I, I think we just need a really good a running back that we can dependably count on to get three or four yards every single time. So that's kind of I think the uh, offensive coordinator. I love Eric Bean. I think I think we need new fresh eyes in that situation. I think we need a, a new fresh set of eyes to kind of look at it and go, this these is great. These are great. But can we think about this and and do this? I think we need a little little bit of that. So that's my thing is. Where are we going to get defensive line? We need to go in big on safety, wide receiver, and figure out the running back uh, situation is my sort of uh, top-end deals. And there's 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 solutions to wide receiver. There's multiple people that are Mike Williams is in the draft. There's like a wide receiver from Cincinnati and one from USC. That should be in the late 20s we could probably pick up if we want to go first round with the wide receiver. So, Levi Hart, where are you uh... – where, 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 where are we fixing 2022? What's your, what's your top thing you're going to fix? Well, I was, we mentioned it before, but I've been, I'm really pleased with the linebacker position. I think um, mm -hmm. Nick Bolton was a, a fantastic pickup. I mean, the guy led the SEC in tackles. Maybe that speaks more to Mizzou's front four than it does to uh, his abilities, but he, he, he proved it this season. So, uh, but I think our linebacker coach went to LSU. Is that right? To be their offensive coordinator or their head coach. So, Really? I've I've, hmm. I've heard some discussion about Derek Johnson coming in as the linebacker coach. Ooh. Don't know how well that transitions the uh, the player to coach. Just because you can do it doesn't mean you can teach it. But um, certainly, I, I I'm I'm on board with all the the points. Where I'm confident is the the draft performance the last couple of years. Um, I that gives me confidence in some of these pieces that we're missing that that we can pick some of that up on the cheap um, on on draft contracts and. Um, you know, I don't, I don't see, I don't see anything different. Right? We need a a, a big second receiver, uh, we, that Watkins type guy, um, and and our our front four just not being able to get pressure is is just is just killer. And Matt, so what do you got? Those are those are the same spots. Yeah, I I, it, it's interesting to see how much, and, and it sounds like already some changes have. I, did I see Jaron Reed is gone, right? Like he's already, I saw on Twitter was saying he was out. So going back to the tackle, you know, position, that's a thing, even though he was, uh, you know, one of the big problems in my view, you know, or at least wasn't a solution in some ways there. Um, I, I think it, it is one of those deals where you go, it's hard to, to, to nail down where you really can make a significant impact on a team that ultimately is pretty good, you know, that is really good, you know, that you go, 
I don't know. You know, I, I think most of your moves are going to end up being depth moves. You know, I don't know how they, other than hopefully in my mind, like a free agent wide receiver, like you're saying, I worry about Mike Williams being a little too Sammy Watkinish in the, the history of injury, you know, category, you know, like I think it's important that he plays. I think he's always great. He's just always not available, you know, at times, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I hope what well, my hope is, and I think it's always interesting to go like, how do you get fresh fire to a team that, you know, has been there? And I think that's part of the, the, the next piece, you know, and I think when you look at what new England did, they always brought in guys. And, and I think Melvin Egram think about the tremendous impact he had because he desperately wanted a ring, you know, and like, I think you, you try to resign him definitely, you know, um, but that's the kind of guys that you bring in. You know, like I say, you look at a New England, they always brought in a Corey Dillon. They bring in these guys, you know, kind of that are just kind of that that will bring the fire back to your team because I just think that that's in some ways a little bit what they miss at times. You know, it's like they need like the uh, – sorry to interrupt you. It was okay. kind of like the Terrell Suggs signing. Exactly. In, in uh, 1920. The, There's always that, a that signing, like you know, kind of got it. So – you know, the two big things for me is uh, Spagnuolo's – this team does not spend money. They do not invest in the secondary. They don't spend money on cornerbacks. So that's a, a philosophical thing. So Spagnuolo's defense are predicated on pressure on the quarterback. That I got to get you a beat off. Um, so he, they have to do something with the, the to get the pressure. Uh, they've got to do something on that defensive line. So – you know, they want to talk about his Giants team that beat the uh, the undefeated Patriots. Well, it doesn't hurt when you've got OCU Manora, Michael Strahan, <laughs> and, you know, I mean, you've got Hall of Famers uh, coming off the edge. So they have to do something to, you know, there's a lot of people that are down on Frank Clark. I still think Frank Clark, when healthy, is effective. Uh, Chris Jones has got to be a monster. He's got to be more Aaron Donald and stop trying to be Von Miller. Um, but they, they do need to change philosophy though, a little bit. Like part of me goes, was that a good philosophy back when Spagnolo was really effective because you had mostly kind of statuesque quarterbacks who stood back there in the pocket and really couldn't take these hits. And when you got to these guys, eventually you got there, you know, like part of me is, is going, he needs to be a little more understanding and creative. Like you look at, they don't blitz Patrick Mahomes. They don't blitz a lot of these players, you know, anymore nowadays. They they don't do it because they're so effective at, at it. So when your complete defensive philosophy is blitzing, like that's pretty bad if it's not working, you know. Yeah, it's, no, my my point is is that you know, when when they got out sacked three to one against the Bengals, a team that had given up nine sacks to a you know, Tennessee had a good defensive line. I'm not I don't want to disparage no. them at all. That's a terrible uh, stat. That but, is so bad. To, That's the game. That's the game yeah. right there. So, there and then um, I, I like what I saw out of the running backs. I I, I don't really have a problem with the, the running backs. I kind of like this running back by committee. It seems like every game there's somebody that's effective. I wish they would just continue with, you know, hey, let's feed the hot hand. If Jarek McKinnon is hot, let's play him. If Daryl Williams is hot, let's keep playing him. If CEH is – if Gore is hot, you know, keep, keep feeding him. Um, they do need to um, – they do. I feel like they need to get a second, a good second wide receiver, um, a big wide receiver to your point, Kelly, you know, a Mike Williams, potentially Juju. I hear Juju really wants to come here. Um, and 
if McCole Hardman, I was really pleased with <clears> the way that McCole Hardman played in the the playoffs. Um, you know, I think he's one of those guys where on those jet sweeps, you know, it's it's weird. I would almost <clears> like to see them do something with McCole Hardman like the Niners do with Debo Samuel. McCole Hardman is very effective when he has the ball in his hand. He is not as effective when he has to actually catch the ball to get it to his hands. When they hand it to him on a sweep, he's good. When he fields those punts and he returns it and he's headed upfield, he's good. But, you know, like the the bomb that he caught uh, Sunday, I was like, shit, he caught, he caught it. You know, like, <laughs> I was surprised. I was, ha- I was happy he caught it, but I was surprised. So I would like to see them get that big body wide receiver that I think they thought Josh Gordon was going to be. Uh, but just too much, too much time, too much wear and tear, too much, you know. So, yeah, so to, I, to your point on the wide receivers, I just want someone who can run a route because Pringle has no idea how to run a route. Robinson doesn't know how to run a route. Hardman has still has no understanding of how to run a route unless it's like the, the straight line on the, the play sheet. Like you just go that way and then they'll throw the ball to you. If, if it's an in or an out or a flag or a crosser, I just – I don't think anyone – I have not seen any clean routes besides maybe – If McCole Hardman is your third wide receiver, you're yeah. in really good shape. Yeah. If he's your second wide receiver – and and you can you can throw Kelsey in there, but, um, you know, there's – it's just different when it's a tight end. You know, Travis has amazing skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and But at the same time, you need that second spread out wide receiver to take that pressure off of uh, – off of time. Well, hey, so. don't forget the big body wide receiver and Nick Allegretti. All right. You already got a guy <laughs> on your team that could shed a block <laughs> of, a, of potentially the defense player of the year. I mean, as the all time right. track record. And Toss him aside. Touchdown. Um, well, hey, you know what? Uh, as we move into 2022, we don't even know the schedule, but we've got a pretty good idea of home and away. Uh, how about some way too early predictions? Um, so, uh, you know, we won't go game by game, but uh, I, I believe the home games are uh, Vegas, Denver, Chargers, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Rams, Seahawks, Cincinnati. Um, what do you think the home record is, Matt? We'll start with you. Home record? Home record. Well, they'll, they'll, I, I think they'll win the division again. I mean, I don't have any any qualms to think that they'll they'll until one of these teams proves that they can do it. I have, you know, Josh McDaniels. That's hysterical to me. I think he'll absolutely flame out like he did before. I, I think this is another, you know, a little bit on the topic du jour of like, why is this guy getting a second chance to to lead a franchise when he was so disastrously bad in his first attempt um you know herbert i i i'm very much on the herbert as philip rivers train i i I just think herbert has has congratulations getting your tweet read on there (laughs) thank you thank you well i've only like tweet at him like oh he's probably like yeah it is a little embarrassing it's finally like just god if i just say something he'll just leave me alone but yeah no but it just again i just see him as a regular season stat put our upper but is he a winner I, I just don't see him as that guy you know so yeah and i think the you know the broncos the broncos I, 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 if they for one let's also talk about how hysterical we're bringing in paul hackett's son is to me like the minute i found out i i heard it was nathaniel hackett i'm like oh, 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 oh what we got the moratorium 
Oh, I'm sorry. I can't talk gonna, about yeah. the Broncos. I'm That's sorry. The dream. Great hire. Yeah. Great hire. They're going to be amazing. <laughs> you know, They're going to be just fine. They're gonna we, be just, fine. we don't even talk about them. You know, we, we, but I do think that's the attempt, thing. right? Is the attempt to bring in Aaron Rodgers, and then that, that to me, implodes hysterically. Well, too. I think it's it's similar to the, the Rams thing. It's similar to Tampa. Like, Tampa's, Tampa's on the, the roadside here. You know, this is going to be um, – Tampa Bay is not going to be competitive for quite some time. I yeah, I mean, this conversation kind of it's 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 hard because and where we sit right now, I have no idea where Rogers is. Sure, I have no idea where Russell will. I don't, I don't know where Massage Envy is going to go. So there's a lot of like questions in here that I'm not 100 percent sure the answers to. So uh, it's that's it's why they're of, way too early predictions, yeah. man. Like you can't so. you, you have no idea who the draft is. So I see Sean Watkins, the guy on the boat that they were trying to get in Miami. Is that supposedly him or Brady? Apparently, him or Brady. I I can't. I I assumed it was Brady, but then yeah, everybody kept telling me no. It's probably Deshaun Watson that they were talking about. Ran into him on a yacht. I'm like, Deshaun Watson's on the yacht. That's an interesting look right now. But okay, you know, fine. But it's just I don't know. It's just an interesting story. That thing. That's a whole nother podcast. And I, I I think the reverberations of that are going to be interesting. Like, honestly, like if you really think about if, if it's really true and they have any kind of evidence at all, that this, that this owner was willing to pay a coach to throw, you know, the games for a hundred G's, like the level of, you know, kind of competitive integrity that that calls into play for the NFL is a problem. I mean, it is a big time. Well, issue. Again, it's, it's kind of the NBA, like the tanking, was was a thing in the NBA, and they tried to punish teams, but baseball, yeah, yeah. I mean, so. you know, I I just but but that's that's another level of like you can't you can't be out there, you know, throwing around cash, going, you know, like you've got to lose. You they know? they make movies about that. I think I think I saw a baseball one called Major League. Um, where exactly. the owner was <laughs> purposely trying to lose. You didn't see my tweet uh, of the new Miami Dolphins owner, and it's a picture of the U. No, Matt, didn't you hear when I said that after the game that I'm getting my news <laughs> from LinkedIn these days? So I deleted Twitter, deleted Facebook, made sure to post my eighth grade picture on Facebook. <laughs> it's January 30th, so yeah. that's that's the memory that gets shared that day and then and then it's gone so i don't blame you it's all right so final, final thoughts we'll, we'll round we'll, we'll we'll go around the horn levi what is your man in the stands final thoughts buddy and it's well you know you asked about the record for next year and uh, we haven't lost or we haven't won fewer than 12 games with mahomes as our starter so i gotta say we're, we're 12 and 5 at least next year it really doesn't matter the competition i don't think um because you know, even if uh, we got to play every playoff team, it's it's going to look different next year. So, um, you know, I, right. I say at least 12 and five. I think we win the West again and uh, we'll, we'll be having hopefully a, a better conversation two weeks after this one next year. That's yes. what I'm talking about. You know, today is the uh, two year anniversary of uh, Super Bowl 54. Two, two, 20. Groundhog Day. Yeah. Kelly, last sauce, buddy. Uh, you know, same thing as Levi. I think that, you know, 12 and five is six and two at home, six and three on the road. Um, it's kind of how I see it. I mean, it really depends on a couple of factors with who's where quarterbacks are going. I think that has a little bit to do with it, but I still think that we're going to win 12 games. Um, I have faith in Veach when the drafts, I really do. I, I, I had questions the past years about those drafts. Uh, but the, I have, I'll be the first person to raise my hand and say that I was completely incorrect on my, uh, 
initial rankings of those or grading of those drafts. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about how they're going to uh, move cap and make this kind of work. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I think that we have a couple more years of this group and the competitiveness of it. And I, I'm excited to, uh, you know, watch it happen. Uh, as I'm not going to take any of it for granted because I know being a, a Royals fan, Chiefs fan, that, uh, um, you know, at any time it can change. And, you know, I've been through the horribleness. So this I'm just living in the moment and and uh, and loving what we have. So. Job, Matt. Um, yeah, no, I'm just I couldn't agree more. I'm just I, I, it's a blessing to be able to watch this kind of football for the time that we've had. Like I said, I, I, I think they'll be winning the division again. I think they'll be just fine. And I also think, like I said, that this will be the next owner of, of the Miami Dolphins uh, right, right here. I also have a pretty good one too here with uh, Bill Belichick um, giving, uh, congratulating Brian from Brian Piccolo um, from Brian Song on the uh, Giants job. Actually, yeah. so that's my that's my other uh, that's it's a very very poor taste that one in particular. But yeah, I'm looking forward to what um, what happens in the NFL, you know, to come. So yeah, it, it'll be an exciting season, and that's the exciting part of it. We're not talking about a four and 12 team because let's be honest, Andy, we talked about the Super Bowl curse, right? Like the Super Bowl loser curse and how poorly usually teams that lose the Super Bowl do. And I don't think that was this team this year, you know, and I think that that we thought it might be early on and then they just, they're not that team, you know? And so I think they'll be back. They'll be back. So, you know, my, my final thought is I, I think one thing that gets overlooked is the, that seventh seed, in the uh, the the playoffs now is really more of a punishment to the two seed. Yeah, because there hasn't been a competitive seven seed yet in in all four of the games, but the two seeds coming out of those games in the past couple of years have have struggled. Um, maybe not the next game, but they, there has been a struggle. So, you know, I think that that's just a minor rule change that doesn't really get talked about. Um, and so, I think the importance of getting out there and getting that one seed. Um, even though, you know, it didn't, it didn't pan out so well this year, right? Uh, both of them lost on in divisional week, but I, I think, I also think that Tennessee, um, I think that the, the job that Mike Vrabel did was unreal with the injuries. And yet that team still qualified for the, for the, the one seed was amazing. So, you know, hats off to them. Um, but I think that getting that one seed is it's paramount, um, because so much can happen. Guys get nicked up, you get tired, you get, you know, something. Um, so I think getting that one seed is, uh, it, you know, I think that that's huge. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm like you guys, I, I'm bullish on the, uh, uh, you know, the future. I mean, you know, the, the, the core is there and they're, you know, they're good. And you're a few pieces away, um, you know, something on defense. Love the way the offensive line gelled. Uh, loved what I saw from the running backs. I, you know, I know that, you know, if you have four of them, okay, well, you know, but th they were productive when used. Um, would love to see a, a, a big wide receiver. And um, I know we're still not supposed to talk about this, but, you know, maybe the fact that Patrick will get an entire offseason and be used to being a dad and all that <laughs> comes with that. Um you know, I think him trying to adjust from the toe surgery, uh, becoming a dad, which we all know that how that just up 
that turns your life completely upside down. Uh, doesn't matter how much money you have, but you know, um, and so I, I think that, you know, you have, you have those things where he'll be able to, I, I, I think you'll still see him at like these American century golf tournaments and stuff like that, but I don't think you're going to see him out as much. I think that the kid's going to, going to slow him down. And I think he's going to be back here, um, you know, working. And, and I think that this loss is going to haunt him. I, I think he will, I think he might come out and throw for 6,000 yards and 60 touchdowns out of spite <laughs> next year. <laughs> we have all seen, there is nobody, my favorite Mahomes is Petty Mahomes. Agreed. <laughs> the, the guy counting one, two, three, four against Lamar when he's the, the fourth rank, when, when he's counting the 10 against Mitchell Trubisky. Like that guy is, uh, and I think you might see a season of that guy next year. So, you know, I'm excited. Um, you know, I'll, I'll wash, I'll, I'll wander all my chief stuff. We'll get it hung up. You know, we'll start getting it back into the rotation. Um, you know, and then, hey, I'll do better next year with my choice of clothes on game day. Um, I'll know, find my shirt. That's yeah, got to be somewhere, right? Especially during the playoffs. So, I'll I'll I, I appreciate you guys joining me today to move me from, you know, whatever state I was in to acceptance. Um, you know, right. I'll, I'll probably go ahead and leave Twitter and Facebook off for another couple of days because, quite frankly, it's been nice not having it we're, on. We're, we're going to be fine. We're all gonna be fine. <laughs> Everything's it's fine. It's gonna be okay. It's it's all good. So, yeah. hey, uh, you guys are the best. Uh, appreciate you coming on, and uh, look forward to uh, to your guys' next stints on here. So, uh, thank you. Thank you. Talk to you guys. Yes. Right. Yeah, see you. Yeah. The good times.